Good evening and uh, welcome to the Jerry Jolie Janita Show. We are uh, joining you here after the Leeds have just beat Southampton 3-0 and uh, we uh, we've a bit of a bit of a cultic flavour to the show tonight. We um three um three three all uh, three leads born um just like Shirt Dallas um, from, the, from the same part of the same part of the world as Shirt Dallas. So we've got Leeds born JK and Leeds born Brian and Leeds born Jerry. So we're all we're all here. So three 0 What what a result? Um, I think um my initial reaction half time I wasn't happy to be honest. I, I didn't think we were we were great in the first half, but. Second half, you have to you have to hand it to them. They fairly turned it around. So, what would your initial thoughts be, JK? Just just what you said there yourself, Jerry. We had a wee bit of another just before we come on live, and I'd echo that. Um, I was quite quite nervous um, at, at half time. I thought to myself, this keeps going as it is. It's just going to be another one of those like one nil, two one results that will get away from us. Um, obviously, there were, there were words exchanged. Um, at half time, um, coach and backroom staff, the players get it sorted out, and yet, and there's that change as well. Didn't surprise me. I don't think Harrison, despite the goal against Palace, I don't think Harrison's been playing that well in recent games. Um, and it didn't surprise me that he was, that he was taken off, he's been quite ineffective. I know you've seen games where he's been outstanding, but in this particular game, I thought he was lightweight. Uh, a lot of the players were giving the ball away, a lot of sloppy passes. A lot of times you're looking, going, goodness me, you know, just putting pressure on ourselves. And that's the keeper and the back four. Laurenti looked, that's ring rusty to me. He looks, I thought the second half, actually, he looked very good. Um, he he looks a player and he, he lasted 90 minutes. So let's all have a party. You know, if we're going to have, if we're coming to lockdown whenever it is, then let's have a Laurenti party because he managed to survive the full 90 minutes, which I think was a sh- must come as a shock to everybody because I, I, for one, thought there's no chance. You, you saw, probably saw Sean Wilkinson's tweet earlier on, um, and a lot of people were asking the, the same thing. Um, the uh, Laurenti bingo, how long would he last? And I said, hopefully 90, but probably near nine. So from the last that 90 minutes, and even when you saw him getting a whack on the ribs, now, that'll probably be him out for six weeks, but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll enjoy the fact that he, he lasted tonight. And uh, looked, uh, yes, a significantly better second half, but it had to be, Jerry. They had to, you know. Uh, but sure, we'll, we'll hear what Brian has to say as well. Well, Brian, I, I, you've, you've sort of covered it for me. Um, just a couple of points. First of all, after uh, um, the game at the weekend and how I started off the game at the weekend, just like I say, absolutely. Completely delighted, three 0 win. The record books will say we stuffed them, and uh, it was more like a draw the first half and we stuffed them the second half. Um, uh, Leeds fans like ourselves, we always say we never get anything. Well, my man of the match for the first half was Andre Mar- uh, Marner because uh, he uh, was brave enough to look at VAR to stop the pen. He was brave to uh, stop a goal that scored by saying that he hadn't quite blown the whistle. I thought he stood up straight, and I thought he was one of our best players. So it's not often we say the reps on our side. Um, yeah, I thought I when I um, I was working late today, and I literally only got finished work about, uh, and sat in front of the TV with about two minutes to go. So I hadn't seen the lineup, hadn't had a chance to see any of the build up. And when I looked at the lineup and saw that it looked like a three-three-three-one, um, it was confusing me a bit as to who was going to play where. And then. Um, 
when they started playing, I I thought they looked a bit a bit sloppy. I completely agree with you, JK. That some of the passing in the first half was uh, pretty poor, and in fact, uh, I, I almost hate to say it, Lord God, Rafina, he, he gave the ball away tonight way more than he normally does. But right. the the other thing is is that there was sort of um, I think both teams were playing the pitch. Um, now the, the Sky apps. I, I, I don't know which uh, 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 version of Sky you were watching. I was watching the uh, 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 well, it was the same comedy right now. But the this, the pitch was getting a, uh, a slating, which initially I was thinking, flip my fed up and I'm talking about the pitch, but the pitch certainly looked to be uh, causing a lot of issues. But yeah, first half, I thought the first twenty minutes, um, uh, it took us a while to settle down. Uh, and they rattled us a wee bit, uh, and in the second half, uh, I, I'm like I, I'm pro Costa. Okay, I mean I love Harrison, I love Rafina, but I'm quite pro Costa. And why? Because he sort of uh, I think I uh, pre- talked previously. You know, you'd feel sorry if there you were in your position, you were the number one kid in the block, and all of a sudden the missus brings home a good looking Brazilian, and uh, he takes <laughs> your place. I mean, it's just not going to do your confidence much good. And I think his confidence took a big knock when uh, 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 Rafina came along. But tonight, you know, there were three goals. I thought the first one um, was a great uh, 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 a goal. And um, just trying to see who got the assist. I wrote down. Tyler Roberts. Uh, Roberts, yeah. Roberts, good ball. But the second two goals... In my opinion, both goals were Costa assists because for the Dallas goal, Costa ran a mile right up, gave the ball to uh, Dallas. And by the way, uh, the Sky commentary said that that uh, Dallas's goal wasn't glamorous. He hit it with the outside of his left foot. I thought it was very I glamorous. Was, I, was, uh, I have to agree there, Brian. Um, I couldn't believe. I, I actually, no, I, probably come I, on I, I think they just missed that. I think that he to- they think he to- poked it. It was, uh, yeah. it was a base. I'll probably come on to that, that whole Sky commentary at some stage. Yeah. I think that needs yeah. to be mentioned. And then oh, the Rafina, the Rafina free, free kick, which was a, a great free kick. Now, I don't know whether it was a bad wall, a bad goalie, or just absolute brilliance with the with the kick. So let's call it absolute brilliance. Um, but Costa ran more than the half length of the pitch uh, to get up to that position to be tripped um, when he was about to lay it off, um, uh, possibly to Bamford, I think, um, and he was tripped. So Costa, to me, was the, the assist in that goal. And there were a couple of times when Costa ran the pitch very well, but also ran back the way very well. So I was really uh, pleased for him and for the team with his performance in the second half. Sorry if there's a wee bit of background noise going on there. Um, okay. So uh, I was pleased to see, I, I thought Hernandez had a better cameo performance than he did at the weekend. So that was encouraging as well. So overall, first half, yeah, but like you guys were saying, and second half, you know, uh, thing. and one other thing I just want to say, uh, did they say in the commentary tonight that Gordon McQueen has been diagnosed with dementia? Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. that that took a bit of the shine off the... Uh, the whole game for me when I heard that because you know McQueen would have been I know they uh, ended up uh, elsewhere but um, when he played for Leeds I thought he was you know a, a colossus of our team previously so I'm really sorry to hear that anyway there you go no, I think um, obviously the, the McQueen thing I've just been reading kind of as I said I've been said a few times on the on the channel um, I've been reading sort of a wee book from sort of the Riviera and they've just kind of 
the, the bit where I'm at, they've just kind of signed him and they're sort of like, he's starting to kind of knock Big Jack out of the team and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's it's just, you know, it's another one from that era where, you know, these sort of head injuries and uh, are, you know, heading the ball and stuff and dementia. And I know there's a lot of talk about it. And it's something where, you know, we'll maybe, we'll maybe talk about it at some stage, but it's it's uh, it's obviously, you know, there's, there has been... Um, a connection there, you know. Um, so just my uh, my own notes then for, for sort of from the game and stuff. So um, the first half, um, you mentioned about the penalty. Um, yeah, for for I know I get a bit of stick about my opinions and penalties and not really understanding penalties anymore. Um, but no, I thought, I thought the referee got that one spot on, and, and yeah, as you say, done well to go to VAR. Um, the uh, the one then the, the controversial one where they um, they played the ball. Um, at the free kick, I think sort of strictly by the rules, I think the referee was was grand because they sort of say if we're going to play a free kick, you need to kind of say to the referee beforehand. And the referee was 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 nowhere near the player that was taking it, and they they obviously pulled it pulled it back. And he you could see before he hit the shot, like he was making you know blowing the whistle, telling him to stop it. So I think that was okay. But you know your you know yourself if 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 it was Leeds, we, we would definitely have a wee gurn about it anyway. Um, but we came out in the we came out in the right side of that. Um, Jack Corison, um, you've mentioned there about his his, uh, his recent form. I was kind of looking at it and I was kind of like thinking to myself, he seems to like he seems to be on a bad run. So I went back and I looked at the our last six games. The last six games, he scored against Crystal Palace. He scored against Leicester. He scored against Newcastle. So he's got three goals in six games. But what I would say is, whenever he has a quiet game or a bad game. It really does. He really does seem anonymous, and like um, like Brian said there, um, Hilder Costa scored against Arsenal, and yeah, a great great cameo tonight. Thought he thought he played really well. So um, I think there is potentially um, question question marks there about you know um, the Villa game at the weekend, and whether um, Costa might be might be worthy of a start. Um, the Dallas goal. Um, I I still I still I. I I was looking at it and like in under Ronaldo uh, from the from the two thousand and two World Cup when he scored a toe puck, but you're telling me that was the outside of the boot. No, I'm not. I'm not having it, lads. I'm not having it. I was a, I was a good old fashioned toe poker, as far as I'm concerned. Hold on, um, a second. Was, was a toe poker. You need to get was, a uh, You need to get a new TV, Jerry, and I definition. <laughs> I, I think um, I think it's worthy more of what was said on Sky commentary. I think they were quite dismissive yeah. of the actual. They were. They were. They were. Wax and lyrical about the the, the the finish, but um excuse me, sorry second, but um the, the goal itself or the, the build up, sorry, but the actual finish itself were like a bit dismissive. But no, I don't think it was I think it was a good goal. So um, but anyway. I don't think there's a I don't think there's anything wrong we we, we, be, we if it was a, a good old as we say, a good old fashioned toe poke, but you know, because like the one at the goal that I'm I'm comparing it to. Sometimes when you when you take a shot like that, it surprises the goalkeeper, and you know he's not as quick to get to it. Um, the other thing that I wanted just to say as well was that was the Rafinha free kick, and yeah, good good free kick, put it in a good place. I thought the goalkeeper was poor, but there was one thing that I noticed on it, and it was we had players in the wall, kind of protecting the wall, and right as Rafinha was taking it, Bamford grabbed Costa. And sort of flung him across where he was going right across where the goalkeeper would have been seeing it, and I swear that that meant the goalkeeper wasn't able to see it until late. So I, you give the assist to Costa, 
I'm giving it to Patrick Bromford. <laughs> and that's nothing to do with him being my captain in fantasy Premier League this week. But um, but no, I think like I think we have to be, you know, that we're we're I think three 0 uh, you know. Uh, and one other thing we have to mention as well is um, we won a match without Calvin Phillips, which we haven't done since that Villa game, which we also won three 0 and it was it was a big one. Um, the one of the other things um, I can't remember which one of the two he's mentioned it about the passing in the first half. I think part of the problem was, like like you were saying, Brian, the three the three 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 one kind of thing, where I think part of our problem is we've got the three defenders and then you've got the two guys wide, and you basically have one central midfielder where then Tyler Roberts is kind of playing the ten, and I think far too often we had the three defenders looking to play the ball in the midfield where the out ball whenever you're playing that system has to be the wide man. And it took them 15, 20 minutes to find that. And then whenever they did, that's where that's where the game changed for me. But um yeah, three three nil. I like I'm absolutely ecstatic. So with with regards in Harrison, um, what do you think, JK? Who is Costa is Costa worthy of a start or do we stick with Jack? What like what 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 do we do for the Villa game? I think um Harrison maybe needs to be taken out of the picture just for a game or two, a bit like Klitsch was a couple of weeks ago. I'm not saying Klitsch, I don't think, again, was anything outstanding tonight, just that it only really normally does, but I think maybe just in a similar sort of vein, I think Harrison maybe should be just benched for maybe maybe just the Villa game um, and show a couple of things. First of all, Bielsa is prepared to, to change. He is prepared to if he notices that a player... I suppose the, the, the big thing we have to remember is we're, we're, we're summarising what we saw tonight. Bielsa and his backroom staff are seeing a week's worth of, of, of uh, what's going on. And Harrison, for all we know, probably is probably one of the fittest. Is probably one of the... You know, he probably, he probably puts the miles in in training. And Bielsa, I would say, is a big believer in whoever's doing that is in the first eleven. So maybe I'm doing a bit of a disservice, but I think just for his confidence point of view, we haven't signed him permanently yet. I think we probably will. But, you know, if, if he keeps continuing maybe to have a, anonymous games here and there, then you start to, you know, questions might be asked, um, whether it be, you know, from fans or, or alternatively, Victor Orta and the like. You may say, you know, are we sure we want to spend? I know it's not massive money, but nonetheless, you could go and spend that money on another player elsewhere. Uh, when you maybe do have some players that could maybe just do as good a job already in the squad, you know. So I th- personally, I would, I think Benson and give Costa a chance. The difficulty for Costa is he's he, more so than I think your average player. He's a confidence player. I think his head will drop if he is. If say he came up, say he played against Villa and had a really poor first half, and then was was bent or sorry, substituted and replaced with Harrison. I think that fella's head will drop a bit, like what Brian was saying about the Rafinha, the, the Brazilian coming back, you know, so, uh, or the Brazilian turning up at your doorstep, whatever. You know, I, I think that that would not help in terms of his confidence. I think the guy has looked in the camo performances he's made. Come on, he's done really well. Uh, is he deserving of a start? He's pushing for it, put it like that. Um, but I think um, I think that's what we need, need, maybe need to do, is just switch them around for a match. But there again, you need to look at who Villa are going to, who who the Villa eleven are going to be, and Bielsa is going to try and match and mix and match those those players against 
who he thinks are going to be in the Villa first eleven. So again, Harrison might get a chance based on that. I'm not too. I'm not entirely sure. If it was me personally, but what I know, um, I would I would bench him for this this coming game. And Brian, you've 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 spoke highly of uh, Costa, so. Would we, yeah, I think it's a bit of a difficult one. Um, first of all, I think it's great we've got three players who we can interchange a little bit uh, to freshen things up. So that's, that's it's great to have that choice. Uh, with Pavita being out, uh, we're probably limited to uh, you know that triad in terms of who's going to fill the wing position. So a bit of competition does no harm. Um, Harrison undoubtedly got hooked uh, at half time, but the question is, is did he get hooked because Bielsa saw something tactical uh, that he could change around by changing the wing uh, that Rafina was on? Because Rafina had a fairly good first half um, on the other wing, so it was a little bit tactical. But it was a you know usually hooked at halftime means you're not happy. Um, but was some of it just changed the whole thing round? Um, so uh, as to who gets the start on Saturday, you know I I don't think it makes a massive amount of difference because. You, you've sort of got a bit of fuel in the tank that says it, it, it can be two of three at any time, and uh, uh, that's sort of Bales's tactics, isn't it? That he, you know, he, he sort of picks tactics and then people around the tactics, but he's usually pretty lo- loyal to the previous start in eleven. Um, there was there were there were two things about the midfield. One you picked up on Jerry, which would be interested to hear your opinions on. Uh, sorry, Chega, you'd mentioned it. Um, so t- two things I'd like to hear your opinion on. Number one was. Um, uh, that uh, Shackleton didn't get on the pitch tonight uh, given that he had most of the if not all of the match did Shackleton get the whole match on Saturday? Uh, so he was injured tonight he was injured, right, thank yeah. you you see what I mean, I only got down the ah, I know you're, you're catching things late yeah, no, it's a, injured. Right, that's yeah. Min- minor injury is how it was put so okay. I would say yeah. probably enough to put him out for this game but it could right, be okay. back in contention for the Villa game Thanks, thanks for uh, confirming that for me because I was wondering whether it had been dropped um, no. the other the other bit was and you mentioned about Klitsch because Klitsch is what it, Klitsch is like the silent assassin he's in the team he's not you know he's not uh, he's not all sparkles but he's a you know he's a intricate part of the engine he's a bit like I don't know what would we like a bit like the carburetor you know not exactly glamorous but without it you know the, the your, your engines are going to work or whatever um tonight when he went off injured uh, i think he went off in about the 66th minute and sky flashed up just not short of the uh, of dallas's goal so if there was about a 10 minute period where all of a sudden the uh, possession turned to 60 40 or 60 might have been 68 32 or something like that in um Southampton's favor when we were one nil up mm-hmm. and I thought that that had uh you know a bit to do with uh Alioski coming in in favor of um uh, Dallas and uh, 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 in defense and Dallas moving into midfield although that ended up being a masterstroke so it's you know is uh I suppose what I'm asking is 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 Klitsch the you know, is he like the, the the invisible man that we can't do without? Because he just always seems to be Mr. Reliable, but he doesn't sparkle. So I don't know what you guys think about that. I mean, I think it'd be a miss if he's if he's injured for Saturday. I definitely think he'd be a miss. Um but 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 going back down to your point, I think that the rest that he had, a couple of a couple of games hooked, having basically been Bielsa's 
you know, pride and joy for the the, the guts of two years uh, was an interesting move. So what do, what do you think for Saturday then if uh, Klitsch was injured then, uh, guys, who do you think would play there? I'll let you go ahead first, JK, because I've got my, my uh, opinions on Click, but uh, I'll let you go first. Well, let me just give a wee bit of opinion. He, he, he divides opinion um, throughout the fan base, I think, would be a fair point. You'll hear some people who are very, very dismissive of him say that he's not a Premier League player. And then there's others who will always quote back to the Thomas Christensen days when he was sent out on loan. We brought, I, guess, I think we got him for a million quid. Um, so he owes, he owes us nothing um, in terms of, of value. Um, me personally, I think he's some good games. He has some not so good games. So he, he's, he's just one of those players. He, he does his job. He does what he's asked to do. Um, I would say potentially if he's not playing on, and I, I think there's a chance that he won't be, if I'm honest. Um, I think Shackleton, if he's back, Possibly would would maybe play fill that role potentially. Um, if not, I don't know. Tyler Roberts tonight again. You go on the social media and it's I, we've said this before. It's a horrible place um, at the best of times. Again, he was getting lambasted. He set up the first goal. He he does nothing but run. He tries his best. He does try to take players on, and you can see that he does put the fear in a little bit at times. Um, but to go back, you mentioned another player, Brian, that you, that you mentioned. I don't think we've seen the end of Pablo just yet. I think he'll be away at the end of the season. But I would love to see him getting away. Like some of the balls, even tonight, that he was spraying about, just reminded you of those championship. But he didn't all come off on a shot at the end, etc., etc. However, he can still see that little bit of magic dust that he has. And, uh, you know, he, he intercepted a few balls that were going through and things. So, you know, I... Not 90 minutes. I think maybe look at the 70. And uh, like even tonight, I know it was too late when it happened by the time we got the third goal. But I'd love to see Gellhart getting just 10 minutes. I thought against Palace he could have got maybe 10 minutes, something like that, just to bring him on, see what he's like. See, you know, see, see what he looks like against bigger players, better players. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see it. Just, I, I don't know when we would give him the opportunity. Because yes, it's great he's on the bench. Yes, he's getting all that first team experience. That whole what it's like to get, go into a dressing room of players that are above your level, effectively. Um, but I'd love to see him getting just a wee sniff at some stage. You know, and whether that would be again, I think the Villa game is going to be tough. I'm sure we're going to touch on it at some stage. I think it's going to be a hard game. I don't think they're an easy. They're not pushover by any stretch of imagination. So I don't know when he's going to get his wee chance, but I'd love to see him just getting just a, a quick a, a quick wee cameo, maybe a 10 or 15 minutes. Maybe if we were a couple of goals ahead against somebody, home or away, just be nice to see him getting a wee, a wee run out. So, my, well, my, my thoughts then looking ahead and, and on click, I think, I think the guy gets such a hard time and it's completely unwarranted, to be honest. Um, I think... The, the particular lineup. I've mentioned the lineup and and the way we played. I don't care who you are. If you're a, a central midfielder, you you can pick whoever you want and say they're the best central midfielder in the world. You put them in their Premier League match as the only central midfielder, and they're going to struggle. And I just I just think you know just the way that system is. It's a hard system for them. Where like like obviously as I say, Roberts is a ten, and 
like who plays one central midfielder is it's not the dumb thing. It's just I think he gets such a hard time. Um, and I really think he's a fantastic footballer, and I think he showed that at the start of the season when he was playing a bit more free, freely, and you know we were coming in and everybody was really fresh, and he, he got a couple of goals, a couple of assists at the beginning, and then obviously sort of quieting down. And his position too, you have to remember that, like, like as bad as like things have been offensively for us in, in terms of injuries, the midfield is is pretty. You know, like we're sitting there probably if we were playing our first eleven. Our first eleven would be Phillips, Click, and Rodrigo would be the three central midfield players, and we're probably going into this Aston Villa game with, with none of them um, playing. Um, so I think, you know, for me, I think Click gets a lot of stick. Um, I think he's he's sometimes the fall guy. I actually put on after about ten minutes, as soon as I seen the way we were playing and how isolated he was in the central midfield, I put on. I can't wait to see. Um, all the experts, you know, saying about Click and whenever he gets subbed off and about how rubbish he is and all this here and and sure enough, I was looking at social media at halftime and there there they were. Um, you know, Click's not good enough. Click needs to do this and do that. I think I think the guy's fine. Um, with regards to what we do at the weekend, it's I think we're not that far from just like basically getting bums on seats and like oh they go who do we who do we put in there. Um, if Klecks out, Phillips and Rodrigo weren't back, for a start, I think one of them three guys is going to drop out of defence um, because I don't think we'll play a back three at the weekend. Um, so the, the, obvious, the obvious answer is they might put Struke in the midfield, which I hope they don't, but um, I think that's a possibility. Um, I thought with regards to three of them tonight, I thought again, um, he got another guy that gets stick. Liam Cooper was brilliant again, absolutely outstanding again. Um, I actually wrote down the three the three defenders and sort of like quick stats just before the whistle went. Um, so Struik, he had four four tackles, one interception, and three clearances. Laurent a one tackle, four interceptions, and four clearances. Cooper four tackles, three interceptions, five clearances, and one blocked shot. Like. He's just, I, you know, people say that he's not, um, he's not a Premier League footballer and all this here, but he's he's been. I would honestly have him. Like if you were doing it, like our top sort of five players this season, for me he's there. For me he's there, and uh, yeah, he's maybe made a couple of mistakes here and there, and he should have scored again. I predicted last night that he would have scored, and he had a chance. And uh, but I'm not going to give off because we won three now, so I'm not going to complain about that. But no, seriously, um, I think. I think um, Struik, I think, will probably play midfield. Um, so straight away, like, like you're then still looking for a replacement for Click, which if Shackleton's fit, it'll be Shackleton. Um, Pablo, would Pablo have a start in him? I don't know. You know, he, he, he hasn't started in, since sort of the beginning of the season. So, um, But I would maybe like to see him getting his, his chance in the Premier League. But I think you're probably looking... If Clegg's injured, it'll be either Shackleton or Pablo will start. And I just think the rest of them will just maybe reshuffle. Although you could obviously put Dallas in the midfield and bring Alioski in too. But mm. um, you just don't know what else will do. But I think there will be a change of shape more than anything. Yeah. So, on tonight then. Um, man of the match. Who would you give it to, Brent? Well, uh, <laughs> it would be... It'd be hard not to give it to Ravina, to be fair. Um, uh, but again, 
I felt that there was Rafina, man of the match. Can't really argue with that. Lots of other good performances. Thought the goalie had another good game. Uh, mm-hmm. One world class save. Uh, when in fact the guy, I think it it, it was uh, ruled out for offside after he'd I'm saved, um, which I thought was really really good. Um, so you know, uh, I, I'd go Rafina probably followed by Dallas, but you know, mm-hmm. I think that's probably fair, probably fair enough. Um, what about you, J.K.? Who would you? Yeah, it has, it has to be Rafinha tonight. Um, you'll be pleased to hear, Jerry. Um, I'm sure you'll agree too. I'm being your best bud. Um, I, the ball that he played at the very end, the way he held it up, it was Delioski. He had it, and he mm. thought, I think there was two or three players around him. And he thought he can't go anywhere, anywhere with that, but it is him. Even that ball alone, I nearly give a man a match for that one, kick, that little trick that he did. Um, I thought he was very unfortunate with the the one on one that he had, and well, it effectively was until that guy came in. Superb tackle! Again, I, I I thought at the very start, I thought just by the way, I'm not saying Rafinha was trying. Unlike the, I think the Southampton guy, I don't think he was trying to buy a penalty. I think the guy's tackle was a good one, but he did he did not follow through, but he did catch him in such a way that he he went down. But he got up. You know, you'll see Brazil, well, South America, and there would be there'd be a lot of that, wouldn't there? Sort of threat, theatricals. He got up, said fair play. In fact, that that big fella for Southampton that had come off, it was the pitch that got him. Um, he 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 looks a looks a good player. He's just I know he's maybe not a Bielsa type player, um, but I thought he played very very well for Southampton, and he was lost when he came off. Um, mentioned Brian mentioned the keeper there. Good to see that'll help his confidence. Um. Brian mentioned the save from the handball. He, he, if you remember, he had another save as well from Stuart Armstrong that um, I think he got caught out with the other man. Sim, similar sort of almost. Um, so maybe he's been keeping an eye on that and maybe he's Neil Sullivan and the like have been helping him out and saying, look, watch out for that. That will be tried again on you. Uh, so it was a very, very good save as well. So it will not do him any harm. Although again, just to mention the keeper, and this is an overall thing again, there was some very, very loose, unexplained, you know, kick balls. Like he did kick the ball long a couple of times tonight, and he, he's a good dead ball expert. You know, for somebody who is good at doing what that, that particular part of his game, he should be doing it more often. Um, you know, mix it up a bit. There's far, far too much of playing from the back to, for me. And then it, it does put your heart in your mouth if it goes wrong and it has done on several occasions this season. You're thinking either it leads to a goal or a near miss or whatever. Sometimes just do what you do tonight, which was pin it, um, both wings, centre of the park, wherever he wanted it to go, it went. It was very deliberate. So if he knows he can do it, he should do it more often. Um, Not all the time, but more often. Um, But there was a few very loose passes in the first half. And then Alioski comes on and does all that, you know, giving the ball away. I think he'll do well. He was in the starting lineup, remember, for a period there. I think he'll do well to maybe get himself back into that first 11 again. Because he's he's a wee bit of an accident waiting to happen, unfortunately. Well, you I, it just it's interesting picking up about Alaski, who blows a bit hot and cold. He's certainly had yeah. some starring moments this season, and he's also had what looks like just not being quite good enough standard. Um, the fact that it hasn't that they hasn't given him a new contract yet, 
that went past the transfer window, leaving him free to, you know, uh, for that whole Galatasaray thing to um, sort of materialise, would sort of suggest that he's maybe not central thinking for next year. Who can can tell? Um, You were mentioning about uh, uh, some of the uh, commentary tonight, and I thought some of it was actually pretty good. Uh, but I did think that some of it was, um, you know, quite uh, uh, dismissive. Um, there was one bit in particular with Bamford uh, where he said, you know, Bamford had scored a goal and then had another really good opportunity where he hit it at the goalkeeper. And the, uh, I'm not sure who the summariser was. Who was it? Andy Hinchcliffe. Oh, yeah. And, and Hinchcliffe said, quote, unquote, something to, to roughly... Uh, when he oh, scored what, what the goal, and then yeah. he said, but that miss was a championship miss. And I'm sitting thinking, well, every miss for every attacker <laughs> in the Premier League must be a championship, I think. Exactly. And it, it was what does so, that even mean? <laughs> I, just, I just thought like, it was so disingenuous for a guy who's got 13 goals this season, you know, one of the top scorers in the Prem, uh, mm-hmm. proved everybody wrong. Paddy, Paddy is too, you know, he's far too nice a lad. But he should be holding the one finger up to everybody mm-hmm. um, because he's had so many knockers. But anyway, there you go. Could I uh, could I just come back to one thing we were talking about just briefly, if you don't mind, about dementia and head and balls? Um, mm-hmm. Clearly, there needs to be more um, research done in it. And there certainly seems to have been a number of footballers who have ended up with dementia. Um. But it's interesting that that it's almost now become a, 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 a an almost fait accompli saying it must be football having done that. Um, you guys think because you know I've had, uh, you know we we all have relatives with dementia. Um, none of them who played professional football um, or you know had the ball with the lace. Do you think they really do need to get to the bottom of it? But are we facing a game where you won't be allowed to head the ball? Um, I I kind of have have some opinions on this. Like I I was I was actually talking. Um, I was actually having the discussion even, but like it was before um the news was broke about um, Gordon McQueen, and we were actually talking about it. Um, JK knows him, a fella that we we both used to work with. I was talking to him on work today. Uh, yesterday actually, sorry, it wasn't. He would do a wee bit of coaching, and we were talking about obviously Scotland have um introduced where like at a certain age you're not allowed to hit the ball. Um, up until you're a certain age, so we were talking about it. Now, my my thing about it is, yes, I do. I definitely one hundred and ten percent believe that there is a connection between the percentage of footballers of that generation that have had and went on to contract um, dementia and Alzheimer's um, through um, heading the ball. In terms of a percentage of them and a percentage of the of the general population. Like, I'm not saying it's the only thing that, that gets it, but I do definitely believe that it is. Now, my thing is, the footballs today are very different to footballs in the, the older, you know, footballs now um, are a lot lighter, certainly all, all year round. I know, like, probably in, in normal times they were roughly around the same weight, but in, I know they talk about, like, the balls used to retain water a lot more and and uh, having the balls then were a lot. Now, I, I wonder... What the situation would be like? Ha- has it already been remedied um, with the modern technology and the modern football? Um, I honestly, I honestly don't know, and I think that's something that needs to be researched. But at the end of the day, 
should you know are we in a position where we need to we need to wait um you know for a for a years for this generation to get older and see whether it's improved you know something needs to be done in my opinion before that um what that is i don't know um i also follow a lot of american sports and american football in particular um has had big issues um surrounding uh, surrounding this and like a lot of players um like a lot of players that have passed away of like um their families have like donated their brains and they find a lot of i can't remember it's like the white sort of matter at the front of there i can't remember the, the technical the proper name for it um but it has been found and then like i strongly think um that that it is i think scotland um while they should be and one way applauded you know for taking action on something which yes to me there is evidence and as i say i don't know whether it's helping now because you know i don't know whether the modern balls have already remedied it or not but we were just talking yesterday and work about it and we were kind of saying like all the knock-on effect things i think one of the things is like Anybody that's played, like I, I played football at a very low standard and my biggest weakness at that low level was heading the ball. It either hit me up here or in the face and I could, ne- I could never get that, that right. And uh, if you're not teaching kids how to head the ball at a young age, I think there's potential where that could end up being damaging as well in some ways where like if they're not actually being you know taught like it could be dangerous there's also the risk of like you know high feet you know like if, if the ball's coming in is somebody going to start like trying to lift their leg and kick it and people you know hitting that way um there's also like from the technical aspect of the game which yes goes on the vice the by the, the back burner because of the, the health aspect but you're not kids aren't going to be learning how to cross a ball because if, you, if you're not learning how to head the ball, why would you cross it? Some ways that, that might work better. Because we, we were actually talking about this. And I, I says that if you go back to the really good Barcelona team, whenever they had a corner, they played it short. Do you know what I mean? They, they had confidence in their technical ability. That, what, that putting the pumping the ball into the box wasn't for them. So in what, some ways, the technical aspect could be improved. But there are wet parts of the game which you know I think work to improved. But I think the long and short of it is we need more evidence, um, but personally, I would err on the side of caution. Um, if, if it comes to it where we have to outlaw, if, if there is, you know, it has to happen. You know, so like football 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, will look different to football now. And, you know, be it in 20 years or 30 years time, if heading's not a part of the game, so be it. Um, but, you know, I think there is a lot of studying and a lot of research to be done, but, um, I'll go uh, go to JK then and hear what he, what he, he thinks. Um, well, I agree with the, the sentiment about the, the footballs. Um, but if you look back sort of in that era of some of the players, I'll include Gordon McQueen in that, I, I don't think the ball, although it was different, I don't think it was maybe much. There was Surely there was in between there. I, I think part of the problem is if you look, the game was rough, very, very rough. In that period, um, you know, a lot of hard men in a lot of teams, and some of the challenges that went in, and you know, there was there was nothing thought of somebody getting kicked in the head repeatedly. I, I mean, corners coming in, and you know, elbows going in. That's all stopped now. So, well, for the most part, there's the odd 
scuffle or whatever but overall i think it's a, it's it's definitely a purer game than it was then i think that's got to help because the amount of blows that those people were getting to the head can't have been helpful in addition to the, the head and the ball personally speaking jerry sad to say a guy um I, I, yes you've mentioned about relatives and all the rest but my mom has dementia so i, I have personal experience of this um and you know I think the reality is, in terms of research, that it will take another 30 or 40 years because they'll want to compare and contrast and say what 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 is happening now and different. So I don't think Hedden will ever be outlawed. I think I get what you're saying, the sentiment about Scotland and have to be applauded, but it's it's a wee bit like everything else. Can you really take a whole, a, a, an integral part of a game out of the football? I don't think you can. I know you know there, there's there's real changes you can make for the better, but personally. I think heading a ball, you've said it yourself, it's a skill. Um, certain people can do it and certain people can't. And I would be surprised if it was ever taken out of the game completely. You know, I, I don't think there's any, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, and even it will take more research. Like I'm sure you both maybe have picked up on, on Chris Sutton, who recently lost his father to dementia. Um, and he has been campaigning heavily. And in fairness, it's like a lot of other things. It's getting the airtime that it needs, but it probably needs more airtime again, you know, um, and more investigation, as you say. Um, but I think in terms of, of heading a ball, I think Scotland, I get why they did it, but I don't think I don't think it's going to make any significant difference. You know, I think it's, isn't it, you're not allowed to head a ball before you're 12. Is that what it is? So, so definitely there is a cutoff. Like, I'm not sure. I, I, think, exactly I think it's 12 years of age from memory. I, it's a very, it's it's a it's a very emotive topic. It's very hard. It's a hard one to nail down. You know, you're always going to have opinion. People will have opinions on it. Um, but then what? You know, would you not look at boxing and, and all the rest of it as well? You know, obviously Parkinson's and dementia and yeah. Alzheimer's as well. You know, they're, they're contact sports and boxing hasn't been stopped or outlawed. It'll continue on unabated. So for me, football won't change that much. Heading um, with regards to heading. Yeah, I think that the, my only wee small bit on it would be if you look at the number of head injuries that players get when they're on the pitch, uh, there was it's almost never because they've headed the ball. It's yeah. because they've got an elbow on the head or the, there's been a clash of heads, which could That's be from point. trying to head the ball, from yes. banging their head on the ground um, to getting an elbow on the back of the head. You know, So yeah. an awful lot of the, the rough contact actually comes from not directly related to hitting the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, uh, uh, and, I, and I know that uh, um, the Wolves game didn't go as we, we went, but there was, there was a, um, some chat online that, what do you call the Wolves centre defender? Uh, yeah, he got the ball full in the head from Roberts, near knocked mm-hmm. him out, and everybody was going, oh, he's, you know, he's not that injured. I'm sitting thinking, flip me. I think, you know, uh, I, th- I think we've all played a bit of football at, at all different levels. If you get hit in the, if somebody hits you in the head hard, Flush, with the football, yeah, but it is yeah. it is like a punch. But there yeah. you go. It's it's. Uh, but th- that comes back to the top of the conversation, which is it's really sad to see somebody like Gordon McQueen. You know, I'm not sure what age of a lad he is. Though would he be in his seventies yet? He would be. Yeah. Uh, well, we, 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 we we almost be getting ancient because I would have, I would have said he was the same age as me. So he's. Uh, oh, no, he's I don't Mid, mid, early to mid seventies, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, 
I know definitely like from Leeds as well. Like um, I don't know if any of you seen the documentary that and uh, Big Jack Horton. Um, yeah. finding Jack Horton like, and you could see you know like what the you know what it done to him and like it was very emotional watching it you know and and I know like as as I uh, know obviously JK it, it's personal um personal to you and and that as well and uh, we we spoke about that uh, briefly before and it to me it's just you know. Ultimately, I just think that um, you know, player safety and people's safety needs to come first. But I think before we get to the stage where um, we're banning headers, I think even if football can embrace whenever two players have a really bad collision on the pitch and they start to look at concussion protocols, and like there's so many times where we've seen players, you know, taking a bad knock and you know saying I am all right, and nobody. You know, actually stopping them and, and forcing them and taking the decision out of their hands. Um, so I think a, I think football is a lot of growth in terms yeah. of that. I I did I got concussion playing football one time, um, and I, I, looking back at it, um, uh, the the reaction to me, you know, what what it did to me at the time was really quite scary because I completely lost my short term memory of. of uh, the incident and for like about an hour afterwards i have no recollection of what happened although i was conscious um apparently i just kept repeating myself kept repeating myself even worse than i normally do um and you know i had the car down with me and i couldn't drive the car home and i uh, and i ended up i was in bed for two days before i felt right um quite possibly would have uh, you know given myself some you know some form of brain injury, uh, although recovered from and all that, it wasn't heading the ball, did it? Um, it was just a clash where I fell over and landed on my landed on my head. Um, thanks. That, that it was really interesting to have that discussion, lads. Thank you for that. Um, I know that was. If you haven't, Brian, I know, um, Gary mentioned there. If you haven't had a chance to watch the Jack Charlton documentary, it, I, I don't care if you've had you know what what experience you have or haven't had a dementia. It would break your heart. What, what, uh, what um, channel is it on? I think, yeah, can, can you get it on Amazon? 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 I think it is, yeah. Like, there's just a, not that it's not a spoiler by, by saying this, but they sort of show his wife showing him footage of, of Ireland. Um, and um, it, time and time again, it's him staring quite listlessly at a computer and no, nothing. Just vacant, okay. um, and uh, the one time that he actually does speak and recognizes something, I'll not spoil it for you by saying what it is. I know exactly. I was close. To, I, I don't cry about much, Brian, but I'll tell yeah. you, I was very, very close. There was a, yeah. I could feel, I could feel a little tear yeah. starting to well up a bit. So come on, catch yourself on. But honestly, I was, I was close now. As close as I have been for a while. I think the last yeah. time I cried was whenever Lee Boyer scored against AC Milan. Because I just <laughs> the motion of that one it was just <laughs> I was drained. I was kicking. Oh, that's me. I was kicking every ball, and then when that actually that fluke of a goal, well, well, I say he meant it, but that rainy night, and somebody there was somebody was reminiscing about it there recently in a podcast, and brought it all back. I was nearly tear. I was nearly in tears again, Brian. But anyway, no, I'm not an emotional person. Don't think that I am. I'm. I'm not very. You know, a very tough Northern Irish. You know. Well, you don't, don't. You don't. You don't yeah, cry. Yeah. You're not. You're not like that, son. Yeah. <laughs> Apply emotion at the critical moments would be a lot of Northern Ireland men. 
That's um, it. Yeah, that's it. Well, thanks very much. I, I no will problem. watch that. Yeah, yeah, uh, give, it, give it a watch. And I would recommend anybody who's watching now or catches up with us later on, if you get an opportunity, you yeah. know, it's you're, you're bound, you're, you're bound to know the Jack Charlton story about when he was Ireland manager and he uh, was in a pub one night and he went to cash a check. Do you know that? Story? Oh, I know that's it. That's uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, there's actually it, it, the documentary is well done. You know, there's a lot of actual footage of of yeah. Ireland matches and trips and all the rest of it and him arriving and even him arriving in Dublin as as Ireland manager even the reaction then of some hotheads who weren't happy that any of them English ones were coming over here it was it's unbelievable the footage it's very yeah. very well done I have to say but here just reminds me of something that you promised us from Friday can you and if you can keep it short what about the Shearer oh, story oh my god so, well I, I think this is a great story um Back when Leeds were still in the Prem, so this must have been uh, early. Oh, it, hold on, let me get this right. No, this would have been in the 1990s, so maybe 96, 97. Um, Leeds were beginning to go through a bit of a financial crisis, but I'd say whatever, whenever the financial crisis was starting and we were selling a few players, uh, I'd booked to go over with two lads from Belfast to see Leeds v Newcastle. And I had an eight year old nephew who said, Uncle B, could you get me Alan Shearer's uh, autograph? So I winked at him and winked at his dad and said, I'll do my best, you know, <laughs> off went to the match. And we were sitting watching the match. I think, I think Newcastle uh, might have won 1-0 or 2-1. And the, we were up in the big stand. and the, uh, But with the Leeds lad, boy, boy from Leeds who'd got us the tickets. And Shearer had been elbowing Redaby all day. And at one stage, Redaby had the full blood uh, uh, striped down the shirt from Shearer's elbow. And so Sel uh, Shearer was getting a fair bit of stick. So at that stage, I remembered that I was supposed to get the autograph. And I said to my leads mate, he said, you know, and I said, <laughs> and he said, actually, we might be able to do this because at the back of the ground where the leads, where the players come out um, to get into their bus to take them away, they put up a little wooden bridge. And if you elbow, you know, if you get your way up, you know, all the players get quite close to you. So we decided to end the game and have good. And so we all headed uh, off at the end of the game with our programmes. And right enough, I don't know if you know the ground well, there's a set of steps out of the players' lounge and they put this wooden bridge, which was only maybe yeah. 10 yeah. feet long, mm -hmm. that went straight into the uh, the bus um, and kept the players about, you know, three or four feet above your head. So uh, given that it was mainly kids trying to get autographs for bruising fellas managed to get to the front <laughs> miraculously and uh, we're waiting and I've got my program in my head. I feel like a kid waiting for an ice cream it was quite embarrassing but there were two or three of my mates beside us and one of my best mates who was sitting beside me who'd been sort of given sheer a bit of abuse the whole match because the elbow and was, was sat here and so the Newcastle players were coming out and blah 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 and eventually Shearer's coming along and he starts signing autographs and he's on our side and he was about three away from me. And I said, Alan, like a big twit. <laughs> Alan, Alan, I'm from Belfast. Will you sign my program? And he looked at me and he gave me the shearer. No, like that. Great, great. And he was two away from me and then one away from me. And my mate shouted, Alan, sign his with your elbow. And I was the only <laughs> one that didn't sign. He just got to me, looked at me. Went on to the next guy and signed them all, and he wouldn't oh. sign that. <laughs> right. So anyway, cut a long story short. He signed the three other lads' ones though. So, yeah, I so you got one. 
with a program designed by Alan Shearer. I give it to my nephew, who's absolutely delighted. And his dad just turned around and said, you don't really think that's Alan Shearer's signature? Your uncle just did that when you weren't looking. <laughs> the pain I've gone through. And you know, um, is, is I'm pretty sure that my brother doesn't believe that that was, but that is my well, God's uh, Well, it's on, it's on tape now, Brian. Yeah. For, for all the same. It was brilliant, though, JK. You know that Sheer, Sheer just gave me the nod of the yeah, angle. I know that. I know no. like, oh, and then didn't. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't go, you know, I'll side off top, but I'll do a very, very, um, I suppose it's part and parcel of what we're doing. Um, I'll do a very quick story on a match that I was at. Do you remember the time that um, Beckham was out shopping with Posh in London and then he played, he, he was in, he was benched by Ferguson and it just happened to be Leeds, Manchester United. It was on live on Sky and I was at that game. Um, I think it was the one that... Um, Bosnich had a wonder game. He must have made about five or six saves from Ian Hart alone. And we had a Boyer had a chance right at the very death. I, I think it was Andy Cole scored maybe for three now today, one one nil. But anyway, the game had been going on for a while and there was you could hear where I was sitting, there was quite a lot of Ferrari behind. And it was like Ellen Road is an intense place, as you know, at the best of times. And it, because it was Manchester, it was it was it was quite far. I thought, eventually I looked around and I could see a few familiar faces. I could see the Emmerdale cast tend to be always there and all the rest of it, blah, blah, blah. But somebody said, look who it is. Here's, look who it is, look who it is. There it was, Beckham with the baseball cap on. You've never seen as many Leeds fans get their photograph, their autograph, everything taken. And I thought, you know, you're a, you're a fickle bunch. I, you know, if I saw him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. But the thing that made me laugh the most was about two up from him, and I, I, I was with a mate of mine. He said to him, "Look two up. Look at the grumpy man beside him." It was we striking with his missus, and not one Leeds fan asked for his autograph. And I thought, oh. "There you go. Okay, he's ex man you, but he was Leeds for us for a while, and he was super for us, and not one." I could see the face on him. He was like, well, "Why isn't nobody asked for my autograph?" You know, sort of thing. So, but they are stardom. The the Beckham. Uh, uh, Mr. Beckham was getting all that. Was that he'd, be, he'd been wearing that sort of, I can't remember the name of it, it was like a female skirt or something like that. Ah, uh, 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 yeah, see, Jerry knows, Jerry knows the, the ladies' passion. I have, I have a couple. Tell, tell me this, JK. Is that, that match had been about maybe 94, 95, and Andy Cole scored the only goal into the cop end. He sort yes. of broke away and scored it. Yes. I was at that I game. remember the goal. I was yeah, at that game yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. do you remember Boston? The West Stand's the big stand. I was in the middle of the big stand. So yeah. I remember well, watching that game. Well, and and some there was Bosnich. there was rumors that there was a Man United supporter in the stand close to us. And <laughs> I thought I thought there was gonna be Harry Carey. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. That's a great that's oh. a great story. <laughs> yeah. I met Steve Bruce when he when uh, um Steve's son, what do you call him? Uh Played. Alex, 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 Alex Bruce played for us for a few years during the uh, the earlier the, the earlier part of the last decade, maybe about twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, something like that. I had a season or two, and uh, the business I worked for had a uh, a couple of uh, well four or five tickets for every game, and um, I bumped into Steve Bruce uh, a couple of times watching uh, games. Uh, nice, really nice lad. Really nice. Yeah. I said, I said, what's it like uh, being at Allen Road, Steve? He says, we all support Leeds now. 
And he was saying mm-hmm. that, you know, because his son was gone. Fantastic. Well, my kitchen just clock's on this. I think nine o'clock. Is that nine o'clock? I'm going to go and get my dinner in a minute. But, but what the we one thing I want to ask, and I need it to, uh, I need it to, I need it with a, with, with basically a, a full Irish cast here. And I, I wanted just to ask one question, and it was who is your favourite Irish Leeds player? So, does either of you want to go first? Johnny Giles. Johnny Giles, right? What about you, Brian? Not that I saw an awful lot of him, but he, he's, a, he's a man. Although, people that I've seen live, well, John Sheridan, as you know. Shez was one of your favourites. What, what about you, Brian? Well, I'd, I'd have to say that Johnny Giles, I'm of the age that when I first started supporting Leeds, Johnny Giles was the man. Um, he certainly uh, launched a lot of Leeds supporters in Ireland. Um, so it'd be very difficult not to choose uh, Johnny. But, you know, I've got to say to you, Stuart Dallas is pushing him out of the way at the minute a wee bit. I am so <laughs> proud of Stuart Dallas. So proud of him. For uh, for me, and uh, the, the, like, sort of, like, from what from the years I've watched Leeds, obviously, like, to me, Johnny Giles is... Is that fella that's usually shaking his head at something that Eamon Dunphy said in RTE? So <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously, I've watched I've watched the, the highlights and stuff, but I, I'm, I'm too young to remember him as a player. But um, for me, by a mile, by the way, um, Gary Kelly, what what a player he was! Absolutely loved him, and he yeah. didn't do the dirt on us as well, like so many yeah. of that generation did. So, yeah. but uh, but that's uh, that's it for uh, tonight. Um, we could have we could have talked about the Aston Villa game, but personally, I'd rather bask we'll, in we'll let, we'll let others we'll let others do that. We'll let your uh, yeah. your your big famous guest on on, on Friday night. The big reveal. We'll see we'll see how that goes. I'm hoping he'd be able to tell me, you know, exactly how many times Leeds have played Aston Villa and how many all this year. You know, well, he will. Big, he will. Big, big yeah. expectations we've got. Yeah, no, I've had, had a lot of interactions with him on, on Twitter over the years. He's a really nice fella. Really, really ah, he does. He seems like a nice guy. Like, so. He is, yeah. yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes anyway. But yeah, so rather than look ahead to Villa, we'll just bask in the, the ambience of a 3-0 win and we'll enjoy that for the next couple of days and then we'll worry about Aston Villa and, and who's playing midfield. But um, no, um, big thanks to, to, to Brian and uh, JK. Um, uh Hopefully, um, I, I personally enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting. There was a bit, bit of crack, bit of bunter, a bit of serious stuff there, um, and uh, good some good, good uh, some, some good nostalgia. Yeah, so yeah. Um, thanks to thanks to you guys, and uh, thanks to everybody that's either watching watched now or, or watching later. Um, and as I say, we'll be back on Friday night um, with uh, we've got James and Debbie and the. Uh, the, as uh, J.K. alluded to, um, uh, Andrew Dalton, who's LU, is it LUFC stats or stats? Yeah. He does all the all the all the stats on Twitter and stuff. So I'm looking forward yes. to that one. Obviously, the the author of um, the the history of Leeds United book as well, and he's a couple of more bits and stuff. So it'll be yeah. good to good to get uh, good to get a bit of chat. And I know he's uh, he's friendly with um, James and Debbie as well. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully it should be fun. But three 0 tonight. We're all delighted and. Uh, I'm away to eat a steak dinner, so it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> Good so, luck. Thanks, everyone, and thanks, uh, everybody. enjoy your evening. Okay.
Okay. Take care, everyone. See you tonight. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.